This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, hey, everyone. Great to have you. Let's go ahead and open our time together in prayer, all right? Lord God, we come to you, and and you love us so much. And sometimes we forget about it. Sometimes we take it for granted. But you never forget about it. And you never take us for granted. You love us so much. Lord, help us to receive the love that you have for us. And then share that same love with other people. Because, Lord, you have that same love that you have for us with other people. So you care for them deeply. Yes, they're flawed. Yes, they have mistakes. Uh, Yes, sometimes they're hard to get along with. They're just like we are. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving everyone. Help us to love our neighbor uh, as ourselves. Help us to love our neighbor as you love us. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Have you ever stalled at anything? You know, put off what you could do today. You put it off for the the next day. I'm going to share a a screen with you, and um, we'll uh, look at some of these things here as we we talk about uh, stalling and different things like that. So I know this past weekend, for example, I told Jackie on Sunday, I want to clean the garage today. You know, that was probably like around 11.30 in the morning. And uh, by 12.30, I had changed my mind. I I really didn't feel like doing it. So I didn't. And, you know, I think that a lot of us, we learned that, you know, boy, I want to clean the garage or I want to clean the the basement. We always said, well, I just don't have time. And, And then we get into the middle of this pandemic and we really aren't supposed to go anywhere. There aren't places open. So we have plenty of time and for any numbers of us um, that basement or that garage still needs to be clean come to find out it it wasn't that we didn't have time to do it we actually just didn't want to do it you know we we came up with the excuse then now or 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 later right and and so we stole the things I I heard of a story of a a man who who off uh, for most of his adult life. And he was always, you know, encouraging his wife to take up golf. And uh, she she didn't really ever want to, and she didn't think she would be very good at it or anything. And, and well, she retires, and she has all this free time on her hands, and her husband's going, I'm telling you, take up golf. And, and so she does, and she takes lessons and everything, and and much to the chagrin of the man who had been golfing for years, after her lessons, uh, after a few months after those lessons, come to find out the wife was really good at golf. In fact, better than the man who had been playing all those many years. We just kind of sometimes stall. Uh, Jesus is asking us to join him on his mission. And sometimes we stall, right? Okay. And we come up with all kinds of excuses. And and one of those excuses is, I I don't know. I don't know enough to, to share Jesus with others. And I just want you to know, joining Jesus doesn't require us 
to know a lot, but we can do a lot with what we already know. Jesus tells us, love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, just do that. Just love your neighbor. Okay, see, it's, it's not a lack of knowledge, it's a lack of action. You know, we'll do more mission work when we love our neighbor than when we study more about loving our neighbor, right? We can sit there all afternoon and study about loving our neighbor, or we can go out and simply love our neighbor. Our culture's kind of conned us into this because our culture's built on information. And, and so we'll read another book or another article or listen to uh, another podcast before we go out and do any of those things that we just read about or listened to or even took notes on. And I just want you to know that when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the good news of Jesus, what you know or what you do with what you know is what will change the world. God, the Holy Spirit, has promised to work through his message. In the book of Romans, it says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And in Isaiah, we learn that, that God's word will not return empty, all right? What you do with what you know is what will change the world. As we share the love of Jesus with others, Holy Spirit will be working through that to change the world. Furthermore, doing mission work will actually accelerate our understanding of mission. I want to read to you a, a little bit from Luke chapter 9, just a, a few verses. And it says this, uh, beginning at verse 1, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So this is Luke chapter nine. This isn't the end of the gospel of Luke. Uh, what I'm sharing with you is the disciples didn't know it all, okay? They only had bits and pieces of it. In fact, when we get to the end of Luke, they didn't know it all then either. They were just really kind of turning the corner. You see, it's more about love uh, than it is about knowledge. It's more about love than it is about knowledge. And we so often think it's just the opposite. And so we provide an opportunity for ourselves to stall, all right? And so I remember uh, my, my first year as a, an intern, my intern year, I was there barely a month, okay? And, and the pastor, who was overseeing me left on vacation, okay? And I'm not saying he went like uh, an hour or two away, so he was easily accessible if need be. I was doing my intern year outside of Saginaw, Michigan, and he went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 
okay? He just got up and left. I'd barely been there a month or so, and he takes off. And I remember he called me up the Saturday night before the, the Sunday morning worship, and he's just checking in, how are things going? Any hospital calls, any of that kind of thing? And, and he's giving me a hard time. He goes, here, I'll hold the phone away from my ear and see if you can hear the ocean and everything. You see, what he was doing was he was putting into practice this truth that when we do what we need to do, it accelerates learning, okay? And so I learned a whole lot in that week that he was gone, more probably than I would have learned for three or four months of just being there with him, okay? When we've got to do things, we learn something. Check out this Mark Twain quote. I ran across this the other day, just uh, so funny and true. Anyone who has grabbed a bull by the tail knows five or six more things than someone who is not, right? Have you ever grabbed a, ta- uh, a bull by the tail? Probably not, right? But the person who has, they know more things about it than you do, right? You can read a book about grabbing a bull by the tail But until you actually do it, you're not going to know all that much, right? It's just completely different. I had a friend that, um, you know, years ago, he was in uh, the Navy, and he had just signed up for the Navy, What didn't go through the Naval Academy at Annapolis and stuff like that. And and so as a a 22-year-old, he had already been working on the ships, Uh, for four years. And when these guys come out of Annapolis, super book smart, but they didn't understand the the real workings of the ship. I mean, it was just completely different, right? Looking at a diagram than actually working on it. He had experience. And so as we go out, we'll learn more. Keep in mind, Jesus isn't expecting perfection from you. He's the perfect one. He just wants you to be you, and he will be who he is too. And you know what? It really works out great that way. Okay, it really works out great that way. Remember, it's better to do something imperfectly than to do nothing flawlessly. It's better to do something imperfectly than to do nothing flawlessly. And so love your neighbor, love your neighbor. No more stalling, no more, uh, you know, read another book. Just go love your neighbor. And you'll learn to love your neighbor more and more as you interact with your neighbor more and more. All people are different, right? And so we need to, to get to know them. Everybody's going to have, if you will, a different love language. Get to know what they relate to and share with them life and the, and the good news of Jesus inside of that context, right? Build up the relationships so that you can share your love. I ran across this prayer the other day from Sir Francis Drake. It goes back, you know, 400, almost 450 years. And it says this, disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, when we arrive safely 
because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. Disturb us, Lord. Do dare more boldly to venture onto wilder seas where storms will your mastery. We're losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. Disturb us. You know, one of the things uh, when I was campus pastor at the chapel in Madison, we'd go to what was called uh, the terrace. And that's this big outdoor area with picnic tables and these starburst chairs, super big hangout in the fall and in the spring uh, with the students. Uh, students would be packed. There were restaurants there. There were a lot of adult beverages there. And as I, as I looked across all those people, I couldn't help but think about how God loved each and every one of them, about how beautiful they were to God, every one of them, and how important it is to share God's love with them or that someone would. And that was constantly uh, a part of my prayers when I would gather with the college students there for one of our life groups and, and things like that. And, you know, as I looked across all those people in the terrace with hundreds of people there, you know, there were not just beautiful people there, but inside of every beautiful person, right, there was a story, a story of heartache, uh, a story of hurt a story of pain. Some of them were more aware of it than others. Some were in the, the midst of it. There was just so much history inside of each and every person. Right? And, and you can think about that in your neighborhood too. How each and every one of those people in your neighborhood is someone who is so beautiful to God, someone that God so loves. And as you think about the people in your neighborhood, they all have a history. There's, there's pain, there's hurt, there's struggles, there's trials. Maybe they're going through some of those things right now. Undoubtedly, right now, there is disruption of one kind or another in their life. As you go to the grocery store, you look around and you see beautiful people all over people that God dearly loves. As you go to that same grocery store, those same people, right? They all have a history. They all have a past. They're all going through uh, life right now. Uh, and there's something there. Right? So what would be good news to the people? What would bring healing to their wounds and restoration to their lives? Each person's story is complex uh, and intermingling of beauty and brokenness. You know, working out redemption for any of these people would be complex beyond measure, right? Uh, just mind boggling. And that's why Jesus does the work of redemption. <laughs> Only he can do that. He doesn't ask us to do that. Okay, he doesn't ask us to do it. He does the heavy lifting. 
Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus does the work of redemption. Jesus does the work of healing. Jesus goes into complex lives and brings wholeness and healing. Now, Jesus does invite us to join with him in the restoration. He keeps our role and our participation simple, okay? He keeps our role and participation simple. He says just simply, we're just to enjoy people and seek and recognize and respond to what Jesus is already doing in their lives. We're just to enjoy people, love people, seek out people, seek out how we can love them, recognize and respond to what God is already doing. If they have a hurt, be compassionate. If they have a struggle, be encouraging. If they have a joy, smile along with them, right? Don't forget, pray for them. Again, joining Jesus on his mission, our work is simple. Let's keep it that way. We're just the love people. We make it hard when we try to do the work of Jesus rather than what he gave us to do. Again, just love people. And if you ever struggle with, with loving people, then just run to the cross and see how much Jesus loves you. And while you're there at the cross, at the foot of the cross, seeing how much Jesus loves you, Picture of that person that you're having trouble loving, sitting, standing, kneeling right next to you, right beneath that cross, recognizing that Jesus loves them too. And as you sit there, kneel there, stand there at the cross, right next to that person that's difficult to love, and you see that love of Jesus being poured out on you, and that love of Jesus being poured out on them. I guarantee you, God, the Holy Spirit will move in you, will melt your heart and help you to love them. Okay. Love your neighbor as yourself. Doesn't require a lot of reading. It uh, doesn't require a, a lot of listening to a podcast. It just requires the action of loving them. And so as, as we are ending our time together today, what I'd ask you to do is think about one neighbor and pray for them and how you might show Christ's love and your love to them. And then you just be you and let God be God. Let's close our time together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much for loving us with an everlasting love, with a, with a love that, that refuses to separate yourself from us. We ask, Lord, that in the, in the glow of that love that you have for us, in the peace and the comfort and the joy and the amazement of that love that you have for us, that you would melt our heart and help us to love you and to love our neighbor stop stalling, to stop waiting, to love our neighbor in action. Lord, what a difference it'll make 
when we seek out, when we recognize and respond to what you're already doing in our neighbors' lives, in those people's lives that are in our, our sphere of influence, our sphere of, of where we do life at. Lord, you're a great God. You'll do way more than we ask or imagine, way more than we expect. We know that, so help us all to move, to do that, to love, knowing that your kingdom come and that your will will be done. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus, who is the savior of the whole world. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for your time. God bless. Have a, a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.